On March 7th, we commemorate the Holy Hierarch Martyrs of Cherson, Basil, Ephraim, Capito, Eugene, Aetherius, Alpedius, and Agathodorus, Venerable Paul the Simple, the disciple of Venerable Anthony the Great, St. Paul the Confessor, Bishop of Fluesis in Bithynia, St. Emilian of Rome, the icon of the Mother of God, the surety of sinners of Odrino Orlov, the icon of the Mother of God, the surety of sinners in Moscow, and the icon of the Mother of God, the surety of sinners of Rovensk. The Hieromartyrs Basil, Ephraim, Eugene, Alpidius, Agathodorus, Aetherius, and Capiton carried the gospel of Christ into the North Black Sea region, from the Danube to the Dnipie, including the Crimea. They were bishops of Churchill at different times during the 4th century, and they sealed their apostolic activity with martyrdom. Only Aetherius died in peace. Long before the baptism of Rus, under St. Vladimir, the Christian faith had already spread into the Crimea, which in antiquity was called Tauridia and was ruled by the Roman Emperor. The beginning of the enlightenment of Tauridia is attributed to the Holy Apostle Andrew, the first called, commemorated on November 30th. The Church's enemies unwillingly contributed to the further spread of Christianity. The Roman emperors often banished traitors to this area. During the first three centuries, Christians were regarded as traitors because they would not follow the state religion. In the reign of Trajan, 98 to 117, St. Clement, Bishop of Rome, commemorated on November 25th, was sent to work in a stone quarry near Cherson. There he continued his preaching and suffered martyrdom. The pagans inhabiting the Crimea stubbornly resisted the spread of Christianity, but the faith of Christ, through its self-sacrificing preachers, grew strong and was affirmed. Many missionaries gave their lives in this struggle. At the beginning of the 4th century, a bishop's see was established at Cherson. This was a critical period when Cherson served as a base for the Roman armies, which constantly passed through the area. During the reign of Diocletian, 284-305, the Patriarch of Jerusalem sent many bishops to preach the gospel in various lands. Two of them, Ephraim and Basil, arrived in Cherson and planted the word of God there. Later on, St. Ephraim went to the peoples living along the Danube, where he underwent many tribulations and sorrows. He was beheaded at the start of the persecution. The preaching at Cherson was continued by St. Basil, St. Ephraim's companion. He set many idol worshippers on the path of truth. Other wayward inhabitants of the city, enraged at his activity, rose up against him. The saint was arrested, mercilessly beaten, and expelled from the city. He went to a mountain and settled in a cave, where he unceasingly prayed to God for those who had driven him out, asking that he might illumine them with the light of true knowledge. And the Lord provided the unbelievers with a miracle. The only son of an important citizen of Cherson died. The dead child appeared to his parents in a dream and said that a certain man named Basil could resurrect him from the dead by his prayers. When the parents had found the saint and entreated him to work the miracle, St. Basil replied that he himself was a sinful man and had not the power to raise the dead. But the Lord Almighty could fulfill their request if they were to believe in him. For a long time the saint prayed, invoking the name of the Holy Trinity. Then he blessed the water and sprinkled it on the dead one, who was restored to life. The saint returned to the city with honor, and many believed and were baptized. Soon, by order of the Emperor Maximian Galerius, 305-311, the persecution against Christians spread with renewed force. The Christ-haters rose up also against St. Basil. On March 7, 309, he was dragged from his house during the night.
They tied him up, dragged him along the streets, and beat him to death with stones and rods. The body of the saint was thrown out of the city to be eaten by dogs and birds, and for many days it was left unburied, but remained untouched. Then Christians secretly buried the body of the holy martyr in a cave. A year after the martyrdom of St. Basil, three of his companions, bishops Eugene, Apidius, and Agathodorus, ceased their preaching in the Hellespont and arrived at Cherson to continue his holy work. They endured many hardships for the salvation of human souls. All three bishops shared the fate of their predecessor. They were stoned to death by the pagans on March 7, 311. When Constantine the Great, commemorated on May 21st, took the throne, Bishop Aetherius was sent by Emperor Constantine to Cherson from Jerusalem. At first, he also encountered hostility on the part of the pagans, but the Holy Emperor would not tolerate acts of violence against the preacher. He issued a decree permitting the Christians of Cherson to have church services without hindrance. Through the efforts of St. Aetherius, a church was built in the city, where the saint peacefully governed his flock. St. Aetherius journeyed to Constantinople to thank the emperor for protecting the Christians. He fell ill and died on the return trip. The Holy Emperor Constantine then sent Bishop Capiton to Cherson to replace St. Aetherius. The Christians met him with joy, but the pagans demanded a sign from the new bishop, so they might believe in the God whom he preached. Placing all his hope on the Lord, St. Capiton put on his omophorion and went into a burning furnace. He prayed in the fire for about an hour and emerged from it unharmed. Shall anyone bind fire in his bosom and not burn his garments? Solomon asks in Proverbs 6.27. St. Capiton carried red-hot coals in his felonion, yet neither his body nor his garments were scorched. Many of the unbelievers were then persuaded in the power of the Christian God. This miracle and the great faith of St. Capiton were reported to St. Constantine and the Holy Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council in 325, and they all glorified God. After several years, St. Capiton journeyed to Constantinople on business, but the ship encountered a storm at the mouth of the Dniepie River. The local people, pagans, seized the ship and drowned all those on board, including St. Capiton. Although this occurred on December 21st, St. Capiton is commemorated with the other higher martyrs of Cherson on March 7th. St. Paul the Simple of Egypt also lived in the 4th century and was called the Simple for simplicity of heart and gentleness. He had been married, but when he discovered his wife's infidelity, he left her and went into the desert to St. Anthony the Great, commemorated on January 17th. Paul was already 60 years old, and at first St. Anthony would not accept Paul, saying that he was unfit for the harshness of the hermit's life. Paul stood outside the cell of the ascetic for three days, saying that he would sooner die than go from there. Then St. Anthony took Paul into his cell and tested his endurance and humility by hard work, severe fasting, with nightly vigils, constant singing of psalms and prostrations. Finally, St. Anthony decided to settle Paul into a separate cell. During the many years of ascetic exploits, the Lord granted St. Paul both discernment and the power to cast out demons. When they brought a possessed youth to St. Anthony, he guided the afflicted one to St. Paul. St. Anthony said, I cannot help the boy, for I have not received power over the prince of the demons. Paul the simple, however, does have this gift. St. Paul expelled the demon by his simplicity and humility. After living for many years, performing numerous miracles, he departed to the Lord. He is mentioned by St. John, the abbot of Sinai. The thrice-blessed Paul the Simple was a clear example for us, for he was the rule and type of blessed simplicity. From the latter, 2430. 
St. Paul is also commemorated on October 4th. St. Paul the Confessor was Bishop of the city of Cluasius in the province of Bithynia in Asia Minor at a time when the iconoclasts raged against the Christian church. His zealous defense of the holy icons was based on holy scripture. St. Paul was subjected to harassment and persecution together with St. Theophilactus, commemorated on March 8th. The holy confessor was sent into exile and reposed around the year 850. St. Emilian of Italy and the world Victorinus was a Roman by birth, and until he was an old man, he led a sinful life. He finally repented, withdrew to a monastery, and became a monk with the name of Emilian. For the remainder of his days, he humbly served God, astounding the brethren by his uncomplaining obedience and strict fasting. The monks noted that at night, Emilian secretly visited a cave near the monastery. Once the Egomen followed him and found St. Emilian in the cave, praying with tears of contrition and illumined by an unearthly light. He heard a voice saying, Emilian, your sins are forgiven. Deeply moved by all that had happened, the Egomen, after morning services, asked the elder to tell the brethren his secret, and the saint told everyone of God's great mercy toward him. Then the Egomen said to the brethren, The Lord could have forgiven him his sin in secret, but for our sake he revealed his mercy with light and a voice, so that we might behold his grace and mercy towards sinners who repent. St. Emilian spent the remainder of his days in spiritual joy and peacefully departed from the Lord. The icon of the Mother of God, Surety of Sinners, is known by this name because of the inscription on the icon, I am the surety of sinners for my Son, who has entrusted me to hear them. And those who bring me the joy of hearing them will receive eternal joy through me. The Mother of God embraces her child, who holds her right hand with both his hands, so that her thumb is in his right hand, and her small finger in his left hand. This is the gesture of one who gives surety for another. Although we do not know when or by whom the icon was originally painted, it is believed that the basis of the icon is to be found in the actus to the protection of the Most Holy Theotokos. Rejoice you who offer your hands in surety for us to God. This icon was first glorified by miracles at the St. Nicholas Odrino Men's Monastery of the former Orlov Gubernia in the mid-19th century. The Assage My Sorrows icon, commemorated on October 9th, is also from this monastery. The Surety of Sinners icon of the Mother of God was in an old chapel beyond the monastery gates and stood between two other ancient icons. Because it was so faded and covered with dust, it was impossible to read the inscription. In 1843, it was revealed to many of the people in dreams that the icon was endowed with miraculous power. They solemnly brought the icon to the church. Believers began to flock to it to pray for the healing of their sorrows and sicknesses. The first to receive healing was a crippled child whose mother prayed fervently before the icon in 1844. The icon was glorified during a cholera epidemic when many people fell deathly ill and were restored to health after praying before the icon. A large stone church with three altars was built at the monastery in honor of the wonder-working icon. The Surety of Sinners icon is also commemorated on May 29th and on Thursday of the Week of All Saints. The icon of the Mother of God, the Surety of Sinners of Ravens, is one of many copies of the famous icon which are to be found in churches and in homes throughout Russia. In 1848, through the zeal of Lieutenant Colonel Demetrius Bonchaskol, a copy of the wonder-working surety of sinners icon was made and placed in his home. 
Soon it began to exude a healing myrrh, which was given to many so they might recover their health after grievous illnesses. Bonchuskul donated this wonder-working copy to the Church of St. Nicholas at Kamovniki in Moscow, where a chapel was built in honor of the icon. <laughs>